What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are. And it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available. Politics by faith. If you're new here, the goal is to take the story of the day that makes you and me anxious and stressed and not just leave it there to fester, but to take it, lament it, then go back in history, find some historical perspective, and then bring some biblical peace. I want more peace. (laughs) I need more peace in my life. Truly, if we let the anxiety take over, then it could take us out. So it's called Politics by Faith. It's a play on Hebrews 11 and 12 and the end. By faith, men and women of God were made strong out of weakness. The difficult things going on in our world today, they can make us weak. And they can also make us stronger. And Hebrews goes on, therefore, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles so that you do not grow weary or lose heart. Anxiety hinders. Let's not lose heart. Really grateful you're here. If you haven't yet subscribed, please click that. And if you could also leave a five-star review and a little comment, it helps the algorithm, right? Once we get more in the algorithm, then we get higher in the search results and and all that. It helps us spread the word and grow what we're all doing here together. So really grateful you're here. Let's get to it. The story of the day, Herschel Walker and his alleged abortion past, and also which party will control the U.S. Senate in the next election. So what's this Herschel Walker story? Before I explain the accusations, let's get the election background of why this race for Georgia Senate matters so much for the rest of us, no matter where you live, because it affects all of us. So every state has two U.S. senators. They serve six-year terms, and they're usually voted on in different election years. So you don't have two senators up for election at the same time. But Georgia got a little screwed up because one of their senators, Johnny Isaacson, was diagnosed with Parkinson's and he resigned in the middle of his term. So when that happens, the Republican governor of Georgia gets to appoint a senator who serves until the next election year. So not for the rest of that person's what would have been term, but just until the next election. So Governor Kemp appointed a Republican, Kelly Loeffler. This was December 2019. But she had to run for re-election in just the next election, which was last November 2020. And then whoever won that election would have to run again in two more years to get back on schedule with the normal six-year term for that Senate seat. Does that make sense? A lot of moving parts here. So 
Kemp appointed this Republican lawfare. The next year, 2020, there was a special election. She lost. She lost to the Democrat Raphael Warnock. More on him later. That same election, 2020, there was a regularly scheduled Senate race for the other Georgia Senate seat, and the Democrat won that one, John Ossoff. He won that. And in as close as an election can be. So now Georgia has two Democrat senators, which is like, what? <laughs> Georgia, this is a red state, a red state in the Bible belt. But because of Atlanta, it's turning blue. So John Ossoff, don't worry about him. He's the senator for the next six years. He was elected in the normal cycle and everything. Uh, but that first race we talked about, the one that Warnock won in 2020, he's up for re-election again, coming up here, 2022. And then they'll be back in the normal six-year cycle after that. So he's the incumbent now, Warnock, the Democrat. So the Republicans had to put someone to go against him, right? And the Republicans nominated Herschel Walker to be the Republican nominee to go against Raphael Warnock. Now, this race matters to all of us because the makeup of the U.S. Senate is currently 50-50. And any tie vote goes to the Democrats because in the case of a tie, Kamala Harris, the vice president, breaks the tie. Also, there's a few squishy Republicans who often vote with Democrats anyway, so the Republicans really, really want to win this Georgia Senate seat because it should be a safe seat for the Republicans. Republicans in Georgia, they see it as this weird aberration to have two very far-left Democrats as their senators. So enter Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker is a legend in Georgia. He was star running back for the University of Georgia football team. He won the Heisman Trophy in 1982. He's one of the greatest college football players of all time. Went on to play for a bunch of different NFL teams. He was in the Pro Bowl in 1987 and 1988. Right? He's as well-known of a person in Georgia as you get. And every state has their own like super celebrity and super athlete that's like the hero of the state. That's Herschel Walker. And I think coming out of Trump, party leaders tend to think that name recognition, and of course that's important, but name recognition is the only thing that matters. And if you're all about name recognition, then Herschel Walker's your man in Georgia. There's no one with more name recognition than Herschel Walker. Now, the reason why we're talking about him, the reason why he's made national news is because according to the Daily Beast, they wrote an article about a woman, a former girlfriend, who in 2009, so he was 47, it was only 12, 13 years ago, he was 47 at the time, they were dating, she got pregnant, and he urged her to get an abortion. She says she has a $575 receipt from the abortion clinic, a get well card from Walker. The card says, rest, relax, recover. And he wrote, pray you're feeling better with a big fancy autographed H. And she has a bank deposit with a $700 signed personal check from Herschel Walker to pay for it. He was not married at the time. And, and she says that he said, uh, it's not the right time for me to have a child. She did not know that he had another out-of-wedlock child with another woman earlier that same year. So that's the accusation. Did that happen? I have no idea. No clue. Not even of interest to me, honestly, This for this podcast here. But you pile that on top of revelations throughout his campaign that he has three other children that no one knew about. So four kids, four different women. 
He said he graduated top 1% of his class at UGA. Turned out he never graduated at all. He also, in different speeches, said he was in law enforcement and an FBI agent, and he has no law enforcement background at all. Now, the relevant point here is that he says he's pro-life. In fact, no exceptions. No except he is on the pro-life, no exceptions, no rape, no incest, no, no exceptions at all. Pro-life stand. So he believes that. And he paid for an abortion as recently as 2009. He said during the campaign to say that it's okay for a woman to kill her baby when God says thou shalt not kill. I can't square it. I can't get around that. And the Democrats behind the October surprise say, well, you, you, got, you indeed got around that. So you get the idea. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to the Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, again, I don't know if it's true. He says it's not. Also, people can change. Right? You could have had a abortion in the past and repent and change and have a different belief now. That's true, too. The question is, if this revelation hurts his chances of winning the Senate seat, then Warnock wins. And Warnock's as pro-abortion as they come. He recently tweeted out, as a pro-choice pastor, I believe in a woman's right to choose. So voters of Georgia, they, they have a decision to make. Do you vote for the Republican who at least was accused of being a part of an abortion, but who will vote pro-life? Or do you vote for the guy who will vote for abortion to be legal all the way up to birth. What do you do? Or is the point to just convince Republican voters to not vote for either? In, two, in 2020, 28,000 voters voted, but did not vote for either Biden or Trump, and Biden won by 11,000 votes. So I imagine a lot of those 28,000 people that did not vote for president were probably people who uh, were Republican, but didn't want to vote Trump. And he lost, uh, Trump lost, Georgia by 11,000. So the goal here isn't even necessarily to get Republicans to vote for Warnock. It's just so they don't vote for anyone. Leave it blank. All right. Whew. There's a lot going on there. What's really at the root of all this? Well, again, assuming this is true, hypocrisy is the obvious first thing to mention here. Right, that, that's the accusation that they're throwing around. Hypocrite. So hypocrite, it, 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 in Greek, it means actor. It's an actor. It's someone playing a part. So anyone who is pretending to be someone they're not. And in today's culture, there's really nothing more important than authenticity. And if that's true, then the opposite of that is being a hypocrite, which therefore is very bad. The thing, though, I want to talk about here, the thing that stands out for me here is pride. Now, maybe that's the easy answer because it's all pride. Pride is the original sin. It comes before every fall. Martin Luther, 
back in 1516, he said, pride is the mother of all heresies. Indeed, as both sacred and secular history testifies, pride is the source of all sin and ruin. It's 500 years ago. And it's not just the rich and the famous who have too much pride. Martin Luther said, townsmen and farmers puff their bellies as they surpass their neighbor. So we all have it. Pride is the love of one's own excellence. And it can cause you to be very selfish. It can cause you to think that life is all about me. And if life is all about me, then a lot of other things are getting in my way. So I don't care about those things. So last sort of, uh, let's just lament here for a minute. Last thing about Herschel Walker, because this isn't really about Herschel Walker. It's about much bigger things here. Uh, but just on, like, just what a mess. The whole thing. I just mourn for broken families and brokenness and secrets and affairs and abortions. His son is dogging him for abandoning and abusing his family online. That's uh, just the whole thing. It's a mess. I mourn for our past sins. Right? The things that we've stuffed down for decades. The things you've never told anyone. And if you keep them deep within you that they, they just they erode away at your insides. Our past sins that we haven't confessed. I mean, like, when David slept with Bathsheba, he wrote in Psalm 32, he said, when I kept silent, so before he got found out, he said, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. My bones wasted away. Just, it just eats away like acid on your inside. I mourn for that. Politically, I wish we had men above reproach who wanted to run for office, but we don't. Who even is? I just, you know, if we had people who who were repentant of their past, that'd be great. Because you're clean, you're forgiven. But if you keep things hidden until they come out later, and that's what I was kind of alluding to a second ago. If this story is true, we could have come out and said, yes, this happened. And I've thought about it every morning and every night since then. It's the greatest regret of my life. I, I didn't think it would be a big deal up until then, but it was. It's haunted me ever since. And that is why I am now pro-life, because I never want anyone to experience the pain that I felt ever again. Like that would be a powerful moment. Repentance is a powerful thing, but pride prevents us from doing that. All right, so what's the biblical story here? I want to tell the story of Uzziah. We're going to go back to 783 BC, right? We're going 2,000 years ago because there's not the new under the sun, right? So Uzziah, uh, he was the 10th king of the kingdom of Judah. So you had the kingdom of Israel to the north and you had the kingdom of Judah to the south. And these two kingdoms were at war with each other for 100 years. Israel's kings were all violent pagans and the kings of Judah were not much better. The four generations before Uzziah were all executed while on the throne. So it didn't look good for Uzziah. (laughs) Let's start with his dad. So when his dad was king, 2 Chronicles 26.1, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Oh, good. Good. Uzziah's dad did what was right in the eyes. So wonderful. Here's the rest of the sentence. Yet not with a whole heart. Mm, this is a great line for your kids. Sure, you're doing the right thing, but you're not doing it with a whole heart. 
Uzziah's dad, when he was king, he did what was right, but he didn't want to do what was right. So it didn't last long. Yeah, he relied on God for a military victory and won. But then he compromised and he started worshiping their gods. And then he did a bunch of other shady things. Like he bought a bunch of mercenaries for another military fight and then sent them home without paying them. And then he picked another fight with the king of Israel and he got crushed. And the people finally had enough and they killed him. And they crowned his 16-year-old son Uzziah to be the king. 16 years old. So what is Uzziah going to do? Is he going to follow his dad's early footsteps where he followed God? Or is he going to follow in his dad's later footsteps where he ended up worshiping the pagan idols? Well, good news. He chose to follow God. And uh, how about this line? As long as he sought the Lord, God prospered him. Beautiful. That's the key. Seek the Lord. He will prosper you. Now, does that mean he's going to give you a ton of money and everything in your life is going to be easy and you'll never suffer in any way ever? Of course not. To prosper means to make progress, to succeed. It doesn't mean make money always. It means God will use you and honor your efforts. So Uzziah worshiped God and he prospered. He had giant military conquests. He became famous. Other peoples gave him tributes out of respect. The Bible says his fame extended to the border of Egypt. He built these huge towers throughout his kingdom. He turned all the land into fertile soil. He had the Midas touch. People loved him. Other kingdoms honored him. He had a ton of livestock and food. He's crushing the Philistines and the Arabians and the Muonites. He's tearing down their walls, building up his own towers. Because as long as he sought the Lord, God prospered him. But then, 2 Chronicles 26, 15. Hence, his fame spread afar. For he was marvelously helped. Until he was strong. That's so good. That's so good. It doesn't say he was helped until he hated God. Until he was strong. What does that mean? Until he started to believe his own press. He started to think it was me who won all these military campaigns. It's me who built all these towers. I'm the one who made these crops grow. I did this. Look how strong I am. Aren't I awesome? You know, these Egyptians are right. These, these Egyptians, I am pretty awesome. Yeah. Now you're thinking, oh, it's a nice story, Slater, but this has nothing to do with me. I'm not a king. This can't have anything to do with me. You know, you're, like, listen, you're a competent person. You're listening to this podcast right now. Things are going pretty good for you, pretty well off. You probably have some money saved up to get you through a bad economy. You're healthy. You have a place to sleep at night. It's wonderful. You are reaping the harvest of hard work. Well done. And you played a role in that, of course. You can't sit on the couch all day and wait for God to shower you with blessings. The pride comes not when you acknowledge your role. The pride comes when you diminish God's role. So, it starts with, as long as he sought the Lord, God prospered him. Meaning he acknowledged he couldn't do it on his own. He sought the Lord. He acknowledged he was weak. I can't do it on my own. I'm going to seek the Lord. God prospered him. Then his fame spread afar. 
He was marvelously helped until he was strong. And the next line, but when he was strong, he grew proud to his destruction. So what did he do? He entered the temple. He wasn't supposed to. He entered the temple to burn incense on the altar. And that was against God's command. Only the priests could do that. So he's walking in and a priest got to him, actually 80 priests. And said, you can't go in there. <laughs> That's, this is not what God told us to do. This is only for the priest. But Uzziah's like, no, I don't need to worship God. I'm, I'm the man here. I'm in charge. I'm going to have it my way. I'm going to do it my way. I now decide the rules. So when the priest said no, the Bible says that he became enraged. And when he was enraged, leprosy broke out all over his body. Just imagine that, right? So he's lecturing these priests. I'm in charge. Don't you know who I am? How dare you disrespect me like this? Move aside. He's enraged. And then leprosy brings him down to nothing. That was it for him. Was it? He was a king for 52 years. And he died. The Lord helped him. The Lord prospered him. And then when he got too big for his britches and disregarded God, God struck him down. How about that finale? The next sentence. And King Uzziah was a leper to the day of his death. And being a leper lived in a separate house, for he was excluded from the house of the Lord. He was excluded from society. And then when he died, he was buried next to the royal cemetery. They didn't even bury him in it. And the final thing said about Uzziah, he is a leper. That's like his gravestone. That's how he's remembered. He is a leper. Not he's a king or was a king or even like uh, he was a king and then a leper. Bummer. Just, oh yeah, Uzziah, he's a leper. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com couple things there. First, I got four points. One, the God who blesses is also the God who can break. He will discipline you if necessary, because God is far more concerned with your holiness than your happiness. He is far more concerned with your holiness than your happiness. Let me quote Charles Swindoll. He says, does that sound harsh? Well, consider this, because God is perfectly right, infinitely loving, absolutely holy, inexhaustibly patient, and inexplicably merciful, we can be sure that leprosy was the very least he could do to get the attention of the king he loved. It worked. I love that so much. Hit, hit the back button. Hit the rewind by 15 seconds button. 
and listen to those characteristics of God again. Number two, uh, so first was uh, God's more concerned with your holiness than your happiness. He will discipline you. Number two, there's no genuine success apart from God. And that's the scripture. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who built it. But yes, of course, you got to work hard. You got to execute your end of the deal. But the harvest was only possible because God gave you success. So number one, God's more concerned with your holiness than your happiness. Number two, there's no genuine success apart from God. Number three, another line from Swindoll, few tests reveal the character of a person like success. Success doesn't necessarily ruin a person. It reveals a person. So if you're successful right now, if you're in a season of success, don't consider it a reward. Consider it a trial. It's a tri- success is a trial. What an opportunity to grow in this. It's not going to last forever. Not necessarily. One of my favorite lines from Solomon, he says, when your eyes light on riches. So when you look at money, it's gone. For suddenly it sprouts wings, flying like an eagle towards heaven. The money just grows wings and it's gone. (laughs) Few tests reveal the character of a person like success. And number four, uh, what matters in the end, even if you're a Heisman Trophy winner, that fades away eventually. And you're only left with you. None of your awards. And you say, well, I'll just wait until the end of my life to make the right decisions. Yeah, that could work if only you knew when the end of your life was. So Slater, what do we do with this? What is in my control? Again, I'm, I'm moving past this accusation against this person. It's not about him anymore. That's just my excuse to talk about this. This episode is about the sin in our past, that regret, that shame, that sin that is eating you up inside. Do you want to be free from that? Awesome. Do what James says, James 5.16, confess your sins one to another so that you may be healed. Mm. Go tell a trusted friend or pastor. Go get it out. 1 John 1.19, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Just get it out. It'd be so freeing. And if you don't think you have sins to confess, man, you're even more like Uzziah than I am. Go get a trusted friend or a pastor and share your sin. That is what is in your control. I know you're not running for office. There's no uh, media that's out to get you to uncover things from your past, but God knows it already. So just get it out there. We'll end on this note here. Our final thought to meditate on. Final thought to give us some peace tonight. Politically, Republicans may lose the Senate because of this revelation. We'll see what the voters of Georgia do. Who knows? It might help them. God is in control of it. Even in the midst of the pagan kings in the kingdom of Judah and Israel, God had it under control. But more importantly for us, There is so much freedom right there. It's it's right there. If you ask for forgiveness and repent, there's nothing more liberating, nothing more calming. It's right there.
Jesus says, Matthew eleven eighteen, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. All right, that's the end of our episode. Go get some sleep. <laughs> rest easy. Rest easy. Your sins can be forgiven. You can have a clear soul, a clear mind, a clear conscience. Let's not grow weary. Let's be strong. Please leave a five-star review. It helps the algorithm, helps us spread the word. This is Politics by Faith with Mike Slater.